0: the Recovery Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Miller. I'm a stroke survivor and grateful recovering alcoholic. Today's topic is waking up with negativity. Why? Because I wake up every day for a hot second with negativity until I get logged into my 7am sobriety meeting. So I wanted to talk about that. And maybe we can figure out how we cannot wake up with negativity. So this morning, um, I heard in my reading, we read from Spiritual Awakenings, which is a book associated with uh, my sobriety program. And the reading said that we come into the world with our fists closed. And we learn how to open them um and so i was thinking about this idea and i found on the internet lots of places that said this idea that we would come into the world with our fists closed there was all different ways that that folks would say it um and there were everybody would like use a play on words to analyze what that means in their lives and everything. And what I was thinking about personally was that over time, I learned how to close my fists again, you know, like I woke up with my fists closed. Sorry. I was born with my fists closed. And then over time, as we get older as children, we learn how to open our hands and our hearts and our minds. And that's not only to uh, be more open in general, uh, but also to be helped and to help others. Um, and then over time, kind of like what I was talking about earl, uh, you know, a day or so ago is we learn how to close ourselves back up again uh, because things hurt and I stopped reaching outside of myself to be helped and to help others. And in sobriety, as I've entered into recovery, um, I've had to learn how to accept help again, how to open my fists back up. So it may be just another way of talking about that openness that I talked about the other day. So then I went further to think about this idea of, this happens every single morning actually it it's like groundhog day for me i wake up in the morning with my fist closed and the reason i was thinking about this was um this morning before we even read the reading i was uh i logged on and there was one person in the meeting and i said you know i just love coming in here to this meeting Um, because I wake up with negative thoughts every day. Um, Sometimes they last a few minutes. Sometimes they last a few hours. Sometimes they last all day. But my best bet at beating them is going to my sobriety meeting and talking about openness and willingness and recovery and all of these positive things that I hear everybody talk about, how they practice the program in their lives and live life sober, live life in recovery, because recovery never ends. And so I just love it. I love starting my day that way, and I love doing it bright and early so that I can before my brain even wakes up and tries to start processing the negativity and filing it away wherever it files it, um, I'm learning how to open my fist, open myself, subside those fears first thing every morning. And I wake up, I center myself in gratitude, and hope first thing every morning i think about my recovery from alcoholism and i apply it to my stroke recovery i learn every morning or remind you know learn yeah i learn and remind myself of accepting my disability, and accepting all the detours that my life has taken that were unanticipated. So those, those that aren't consistent in recovery are the ones that appear to suffer the most. Um, and a lot of times in my experience, those are the ones that end up drinking again. And those are the ones that I find out later have passed away. Uh, the ones that go all in and they practice it in the beginning, you know, they'll practice it for a month, the program, and then they just stop going as much to meetings stop following through on all of the different aspects you know calling their sponsor reading the literature spending at least my thing has been spending at least 20 minutes a day on the program focused on the program whether that means i'm listening to the big book (coughs) excuse me or I'm in a meeting or, um, I call my sponsor, sorry, I got all kinds of things happening. (laughs) I, uh, and so that keeps me consistent. It keeps me always reminding myself that I'm in recovery. And if I apply what I do in my sobriety program to my stroke recovery, then lately, I can easily identify where I'm lacking consistency and prioritizing my brain health. Um, today and yesterday, the sharp pains have been back. Today, um, I mean, today I just kept squeezing my eyeballs, like waiting for it to go away, you know, almost like a headache, might or a stomach ache might come for a minute and then it kind of subsides that's what I was waiting for it to subside but it wouldn't it was just like ugh! it was really a sharp pain in my head and um what this is is a migraine is what I've been told and so I'm taking the migraine injections and it seemed like they were helping but uh, you know, I, I'm still having the pains. And, and I don't know that I'm doing anything. I, I don't know that I'm doing that much different. I know that when the, I start feeling better, I start trying to do things like a normal person. And then I can't. And I am reminded by having these terrible pains in my head. and. I just keep wanting to be better and do things that others do. And I stray away from my voiceover. I stray away from taking naps until I end up with, uh, you know, miserable with a headache. And I wanted the migraine injections to make it all go away, but it didn't. Um, and it makes sense. I mean, of course it didn't. It's like taking Advil for a broken arm. You know, it's it's... I have to learn that I'm broken, and I'm permanently broken. I have to learn that, um, and I will, you know, I will, I'll learn that it's really difficult to accept this, this new normal, um, because some of it is, is painful and I, and I don't know that I, sh- I should well of course I shouldn't be in pain all the time um, so I just don't know uh, restricting myself so that I'm not in pain I'm, I'm trying to learn and and I have my ups and downs and I'm, I'm at a down right now unfortunately it's like I need someone to shake me and wake me up and uh and I have a block against this acceptance but what I was reminded of this morning I keep saying what I was reminded of what I'm learning what I was reminded of you know just bear with me because I'm just I'm trying my best to to process everything in my life and and I know that by sharing this, somebody's listening and understands. I know that. I'm not unique. So what I was reminded of this morning is that this acceptance or awakening, um, I think awakening is a good word for it. We were reading out a spiritual awakening, <laughs> the book, and it talks about what a spiritual awakening is and um I really just like the word awakening because that is, I think, what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to awaken this new identity, um, stroke survivor, Rachel version 3.0. <laughs> and it's happening at its own pace. It's happening at the pace that it needs to. And I just have to keep showing up. Um, I think that what I'm struggling with, uh, is what I shared since Friday about my long-term disability claim. I'm, I'm continuing to try to process that emotionally, that, um, that I'm going to have to appeal and put in all of this work again. Um, you know, and... I have lots of people talking to me about, you know, well, this is what they do. They, it seems like you have to, nobody gets approved the first time around. And it's, I just can't believe that. I can't believe that we pay for our insurance and that we can be denied when we need it. It's, it's just terrible to me. It's absolutely terrible. Um, and this isn't even, this This is just the beginning. This doesn't even uh, have anything to do with social security disability insurance, like when that comes around, which would be right around the corner after this is all dealt with. So um, I think that's where some of the frustration is coming from and and that's making me be like, you know, I, I don't like to say the F word on here, but, you know, screw it, everything. That's what, that's what I feel like. I try to take, keep this PG a little bit. So, um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about waking up with negativity and anxiety and depression, because it seems like during the day, I do a pretty good job of, Work, doing the work in my recovery and trying to shift my mindset and stay positive. And um, I can only control what's, you know, from my head and my heart to my fingertips. That's it. And, and I seem to do that pretty well, you know, good days and bad days. But what I can't seem to stop is waking up feeling, feeling, feeling everything, feeling everything like uh, without its clothing on, you know, like my feelings with their clothing on would be my positivity and my open-mindedness and my willingness and everything. When I wake up in the morning, I haven't I haven't gotten put on, my feelings haven't gotten dressed yet, you know, they're naked and they're just vulnerable and it makes me sad and it makes me scared, um, that's what I wake up with, so I learned a little bit about why this happens and, I learned some techniques for how to manage it, so I'm going to share those today. I know I'm not the only one. Um, I learned uh, then about how you can help yourself. So I heard these techniques from a YouTuber named Mel Robbins. You may have heard of her. She's like a best-selling author and a podcaster. and um, all of her episodes, it it really reminds me a lot of the topics that I talk about. Um, I think hers ranges way more on the spectrum of just life, what we deal with in life from boyfriends to, you know, waking up with anxiety to you name it. Um, I haven't looked into all of these about Mel Robbins type of deals. She has a website and everything, melrobbins.com. So, uh, but I did subscribe to her on YouTube, YouTube because I, I, she must have just hundreds of videos. I don't know, maybe even thousands. I'm not sure because I run across her constantly on YouTube. And so this is what she said about, um, Waking up with anxiety. So she talked about the five-second rule. Um, she said that if you have... This is what I heard. This is what I heard from what she said. Is if you have something like anxiety that you wake up with, um, use the five-second rule. That means countdown from five. And if you are still feeling that, that feeling to uh, get up, get out of bed, um, start moving. Um, so this aligned very much with what I have been talking about where, uh, take a step forward, do the next right thing. This kind of movement, you know, take one step forward leads to, inevitably leads to action. It's the beginning of momentum. So, uh, when I talk a lot about that um, feeling of not wanting to get up and go to a sobriety meeting, I would turn my wanter off and just get up and take one step forward. And that will lead to another step. Next thing you know, I'm putting on my shoes and then I'm, I'm picking up my keys and then I'm in the car and then I'm at my meeting. So um, she talks about the five second rule is to uh, just get up and start moving, take one step is how I translate that. Uh, the next thing she said is, is talk to your anxiety. Um, figure out why is it that you're anxious? Is this, uh, my translation is, is this anxiety um, like a secondary emotion on the emotional color wheel that I talk about? What, where did it start? And, and sometimes that can be difficult to identify, but, um, when you wake up with it, it's usually so bare and naked that you can figure out, uh, early on in the morning what it is that's causing it, what is the, um, what is the root cause of it, so, uh, talk to it, you know, talk to the anxiety, figure out, why are you here? Why are you here? Um, Number three is, again, keep moving your body. She says, put on your exercise clothes. That's what you should do. Put on your exercise clothes. And she says, number four, make your bed. I don't make my bed. (laughs) I want to make my bed, but I've yet to actually follow through and make my bed. I've been hearing this for over seven years in my sobriety program, that, um, we should all wake up and make our bed. Um, it's, Mel talks about it being a gift to yourself that when you go to bed at night, you're going to have this like perfectly made bed ready for you to lie in. Um, the whole concept is fantastic. I just don't make my bed. I never have. Um, So I don't know. We'll see. I'm not a worse person because I don't make my bed. But uh, anyway, I know lots of people do make their bed. And I think that it's a great idea if I could get my ass together to do it. Um, And then number five, and this is the part that I like the most, is write down what's in your brain. So this reminds me of when I was driving into work every day, um, this is before my stroke, before COVID, I would have like this hour and a half drive into work and an hour and a half home. And I would have like, my thoughts were just spinning and spinning and I would get to work And I'd write down everything in my brain. And I talked about this like yesterday or the day before. I would write down everything in my brain so that I could get it out of me. And then that would make room for me to be able to start focusing on what I needed to prioritize, which is I'm at work. And then um, what Mel is talking about is... The same thing is write it down in the morning. What did all that stuff that's in your brain when you wake up? So I found that my most of my spinning, uh, my thought loops were when I got to work or on the way to work. So I needed to dump it when I got to work. Um, but this idea about putting a notebook or a piece of paper beside your bed Um, For those of you who have fine eyes, you could type it into your notes on your phone or something like that, but get it out of your brain and into the world somewhere. Um, Responding to your morning feelings is what I was thinking of, because she was talking about talking to your anxiety, responding to your anxiety. So this is the same thing. You're responding to to those morning feelings of negativity. Um, Don't ignore them and fall back asleep. That uh, seems to be very much in line with her five-second rule, which is count down from five and then get up. So um, don't fall back asleep. These are excuses for escape. And like yesterday, when I talked about sitting with your mistakes, like fill your bathtub up with it and soak in it long enough to squeeze out the lesson and the growth opportunity. These morning meetings need meetings. These morning feelings need action too. We have to ring them out to find out what they're made of. And so my favorite part of what Mel said is to write this stuff down. Um, Make it tangible so that you can no longer avoid it. You can no longer say, you know, it's all in my head. Because it's not in your head anymore. (laughs) You've gotten it out of your head. And um, again, I think Mel's techniques are the beginning of building momentum behind solutioning. So I dream a lot about negative things also. Um, My dreams seem to perpetuate my fears and that might be why I often wake up sad or anxious. Um, I know that (laughs) just recently I talked about not looking too far into your dreams. And I still believe that. So I'm going to see if I can articulate the difference between what I'm talking about now and what I talked about the other day. So the other day I was talking about if I have a dream that I'm flying, I'm not going to look it up in a dream book and realize that that means that, oh, if you dream that you're flying that means that um, your relationship <laughs> with your dog is in jeopardy or something like that. Like some, I, I'm not talking about looking into dreams to that extent. Um, I'm just talking about kind of on the surface. Um, not what the dream is about, but what the dream makes me feel like. What the topic was. And what it made me feel like. So, for example, I have dreams uh, a lot about my partner cheating on me. That's one of one of my dreams. I have it a lot. <laughs> I he knows that, but and I and um I also a lot have dream <clears throat> excuse me dreams that my kids are being mean to me and ignoring me. They won't listen to anything that I say, and I'm crying, and they're just like laughing at me. It's terrible. It's terrible, but I have this dream a lot. Excuse me for a second while I take a sip of my Coca-Cola. Okay, sorry. <clears throat> I had something in my throat, and um just recently I had a dream. This was just a few days ago. I had a dream that I was divorcing my ex-husband again, which is weird. You know, where does that come from? But I don't necessarily care about the details of the dream. I care more about the topic and what it made me feel like. So, um, I frequently have drinking dreams. I've talked about that. And even my latest vision impairment dream that I talked about recently. Um, So my momentum in recovery pauses overnight. There's nothing, as far as I know, if I figure this out, I'll let you know. But as far as I know, there's nothing I can do for my recovery while I'm sleeping. The best thing that I can do is go to sleep at a reasonable time. Um, go to sleep consistently at the same time. And, um, you know, don't drink a bunch of Coca-Cola. <laughs> Coca-Cola before I go to bed so that I wake up and have to go to the bathroom um, or have caffeine. Um, Everything that I'm doing wrong right now. I heard this morning that I can't manifest beyond what I'm able to imagine. So I thought that that was really cool. It's very obvious in a way, but it's really cool to think about that my progress and my growth has a restriction. And that is my imagination. My dreams, I think, are resolving issues regardless of the momentum that I have during the day. So, Because although my actions are driving consistency in my program, in my recovery program, my fears still exist. And that's why I have to look at those fears during the day and resolve them here in this, I'm going to call it a wake universe. So there's nothing I can do when I'm sleeping, like I said. Is just prepare for sleep and um, be consistent about it. So my dreams, to me, I liken them to the upside down world and stranger things. It's like everything is identical, but there's often some kind of darkness to it. There's a darkness around it. There's a darkness that I feel when I wake up, um, when I think about whatever it was that I was dreaming about, and my dreams, which I've talked about in a few episodes that I try not to analyze the heck out of them, are just stories that my brain is making up in my sleep universe, in the upside down world, (laughs) so... The topic of the dream is something that my brain is trying to resolve. The way that I resolve it in my dream is the part that I try to let go of. So those details of how my brain is working it out and then it ends up being really strange when I wake up. And I'm like, yeah, I dreamed that uh, my daughter was driving, riding a unicycle through the mall And then she ran into a dog. and You know, like something that doesn't make any sense. Um, That's the stuff that I try to let go of. What I would remember is that I dreamed about my daughter. And it made me feel. Fill in the blank. It's just a story. But the topic is something that I'm holding on to. That I need to look at in my wake universe. So... Um, write it down and think about if there are any fears related to that topic. If I'm dreaming about my daughter riding a unicycle through the mall and she runs into a dog, then maybe I, in my wake universe, am actually holding on to some fears about my daughter driving or something like that. You know what I mean? So, I'm trying to look at it on a surface level. It doesn't matter what happened, um, what she was driving and what she ran into, you know what I mean? So I have this reoccurring dream that I never graduated. I, I've had it for years now that, um, that I never graduated from college. And so every so often, it it comes up in all different shapes and sizes. But the end result is always that I didn't graduate from college. And I'm pretty certain that I know what the problem is. (laughs) And I'll tell you what it is. The problem is that I don't remember graduating from college because I was drunk. Um, the only thing that I remember is running across the campus because I woke up late and I was putting on my gown and the ceremony had already started and I'm running across campus and my family is already standing in the grass, like everybody had already come in. And I was, uh, I had to like file myself into my seat, you know, um, and I was panicked and I was sweating and I don't remember walking across the stage or anything like that. And I'm quite certain that that's why I keep having this dream. So (laughs) I think what I need to do is, uh, is I have this big box of, like, pictures and uh, memories. It's called my memory box, and it's got, like, pictures of me growing up and high school stuff and college stuff, and then now I have my kids growing up and their high school stuff and college stuff. Um, But I think what I need to do is just pull out my, um, my certificate, my... You know my bachelor certificate, and look at it, and I'll stop having that dream. So it, it's a. I think it's a good example of why it doesn't matter what the dream is about. It's just the topic. That's that's an example of how I don't think it's really terribly helpful to analyze the details of a dream, but to look at just what is the topic that is reoccurring and how does it make you feel. So. I also ran across today, sorry about my voice, I just keep having to clear my throat. I actually had to take a whole clip out of the episode where I was just like choking. So um, anyway, sorry, I know it might be annoying. So there is a Stanford doctor that said that we have 60,000 thoughts a day. And 90% of what I think today is what I thought yesterday. So 90% of what I'm thinking today is a repeat from yesterday. And 80% of those thoughts are negative. Isn't that fascinating? I thought that was kind of cool. And um, I'm most certain that that can be adjusted if we work on it. But I thought that was interesting. So what I also learned is that uh, I liked this whole concept that dreams are a state of unconditional acceptance. So while we're awake in, in my wake universe, I can resist things. You know, I can, like I was talking about yesterday, I can ignore things. I can resist things. I can find creative ways uh, to work around things um, but in my dreams, I have I'm in an, a state of unconditional acceptance. There's no resistance there. So that's why in my in dreamland, in my sleep universe that I dream, all of these resolutions because there's there are no limits to how I can resolve my issues in my dreams um, and in my dreams I can accept everything that happens uh, and I think that's why we have to practice reducing our resistance in our wake universe while we're uh, while we're awake so it seems like more is revealed while I'm sleeping than I'm willing to look at while I, while I'm awake. So I think it's a good uh, a good recommendation to write down um, what your worries are when you wake up so uh, so that you don't have to keep trying to understand these terrible dreams and diagnose yourself and, and, and figure out what the details of all of it mean. I, th- I think that what I'm going to try to do is look at the topics, especially the ones that are reoccurring, and, and take an action towards resolving that issue in my wake time. So I'm gonna start by finding my bachelor's certificate to prove to myself while I'm awake that I did graduate. And I, re- I know that I graduated, like intellectually, I know that I graduated um, because my whole family was there and I remember them saying congratulations. I just don't remember the actual ceremony, as sad as that is. Um, I didn't even know that I was an alcoholic back then. Um, Anyway, so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to approach that and see if I might be able to lessen a little bit some of those negative feelings that I wake up with. So, again, sorry for the uh, strange uh, voice (laughs) stuff tonight, Um, but thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.